We are Queerly Canadian. I'm Jen. And I'm Rebecca. And this is our podcast where we talk about love, spirituality, family, social justice, health on every level, and sexuality, obviously, through a queer and Canadian lens. Heads up, we may use explicit language and cover adult topics. And now to the episode! Howdy do, listeners. <laughs> uh, we are Queerly Canadian, and today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things, which involves the entertainment business, television, queers in television, and how that has changed over time. Right, Jen? Right, Rebecca. <laughs> One of our favorite pastimes. Well, mine especially. Um, I in, really enjoy the television and yes. uh, movies and anything that entertains me. Books and music and yeah. There's so much material there. We wanted to talk about queer presence in all of these things, but TV is going to definitely fill our time today. Yeah, it's a good starting point, I think, because that's what we grew up with. Yes. We didn't have these magical technologies of today. No. We had the soapbox, the old soapbox with the antennas, black and white. You got to bang black it with and the white. stick. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> it was a little more advanced than that, but not much. <laughs> not, not too much. No. Yeah, so we were both born in the 80s. That means we we grew up mostly with, yeah, our only technology was radio and television. And so our exposure to media was kind of limited by that. Yeah. But anyway, so the reason we decided to address this is because we just were almost finished watching the new Netflix series, Heartstopper. Aww, it's so cute. And I love it so much, and I cry my face off every single episode. It's so sweet, and it's nice to see something where where they're being sweet, and there's not something awful gonna happen or happening. It's just like real life. Yeah, so for those of you who haven't checked it out yet, it's a British high school show um which I, for some reason i like i always love british teeny teen shows oh, really yeah i, don't I love know. british anything i do love british things like me like you <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah this is about a gay boy who is out in a school not like he came out because he kind of had to he was outed by bullies and stuff his crush and and what happens through this crush his crush on a seemingly straight boy um and then there's like backstories with a wonderful trans girl who switches schools so that she can actually be in a girl's school instead of a boy's school um yeah and then friendship and uh, we're just loving it mm -hmm. and it made us really realize how far television has come for queer culture so far and i really really love netflix for putting these kinds of shows on because mm. i feel like that netflix has more 
than than the others mm-hmm. you know like there's just so many to choose from mm-hmm. there's that feel good one mm-hmm. which is really funny and cute and kind of similar in ways mm-hmm. um but it has more to do with uh some mental health stuff and mm-hmm. addiction and c- comedy like stand-up comedy well and it's like all of these themes that are highlighting lgbtqia2s culture but also like normalizing it um, and bringing up specific issues that are unique to our community, right? And yeah. so, you know, for for us, for for queer people, it's like, oh, this is awesome. Like we can relate to these themes. But on a broader spectrum, like it's nice that other people may become more aware of these themes um, and and see, you know, have some compassion for for the journey of queer folk. Yeah, it's super important and really good for like younger people coming out of the closet and everything mm. to to have these kind of shows to watch. And uh, I mean, I don't know. TV was a huge influencer for me, so I know it is for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And it's just so nice to see that queer people get to be the main characters now and Mm -hmm. they get to just have real life situations where it's not necessarily always centered around queer issues. It's just queer characters going through life. Mm -hmm. So you can see them doing other things. And like, for example, right now I'm really into Gentleman Jack, which is on Crave. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, based on the true true story of Anne Lister in England and how she was kind of a boss business lady. So it has a lot, there is a romantic factor, which is really cool to see. Um, Cause it's like the 1800s and she's trying to have this relationship or, and the people don't really understand what she is because she's, she's so charming and she handles herself and her business like a, like a man, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's really nice to see that it's not just based around that. She also has, um, there's crime, there's, mm. um, th- it's kind of a thriller. There's some medical stuff in there and like, it's like a drama, right? Like a period piece. Mm. So that's um, such a good point nice. about, again, that the queer characters in, a TV show have other have other traits as yeah. well. They're not just the token queer character. Yeah, the tragic love yes. stricken person that jumps off the building or whatever. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So there's yeah, they're they can be multidimensional now, which is like it's so nice to see. And like American Horror Story too, you know, with uh Ryan Murphy as the director and mm-hmm. um he's always he he, being a gay man himself has a lot of queer characters and just normalizes it through this awesome horror story stuff mm-hmm. and comedy. Yeah, well, yeah, and then just having it as part of the main plot and not, it's not like a sub-theme and it's not, yeah, like we said, a, like just a token, like, okay, we'll throw a queer character in there. It's just like normalized it feels natural to the story which is how our lives go Mm -hmm. you know it we live amongst 
the world and and we do other things other than just be queer here in our little queer homes so yeah yeah um shout out to like cbc too uh our own canadian broadcasting company because you know really if you think back to the earlier 2000s like they did bring queer characters in like with Schitt's Creek but recently we finished sort of as well um, that features a South Asian trans woman who like just it's just breaking down all sorts of barriers um and even though sometimes i think cbc like you it's it's very obvious what they're trying to do but like the intention is like yes like this is what we need to see right we need to see more of this our kids need to see more of this um our parents need to see more of this definitely <laughs> yeah all the tv a... watchers of the world that was such a refreshing um, thing to watch. It was, you know, seeing seeing her mom come with food for her and stuff like that. And just, like, catching her actually dressed like a woman this time. Mm-hmm. And, and her reaction and how that would go. And, mm-hmm. and she's just living her normal life. Like, she's a nanny. She's, you know, facing these things with her friends and travel and whatnot. It's a good one. Yeah, highly recommended. Can you imagine how you would feel like being able to watch these? I know you're not a big TV person, but young Jen, like Mm. in her teens, being able to watch a show like that. It would make sense more. It would be comforting, right? Of what was going on in my head, but also like even give me an idea of what was going on in my head. Because when you don't have context, you just don't know what, what is going on, right? Exactly. And so media does give us context it it gives us some ideas of how other people live their lives and that's the the harmful part of media too is that then we get a very narrow view of how people live their lives and then we're comparing and and wondering but like yeah but just to have a little more diversity and some queer representation in media like yeah it's just so good right now because of the variety like yeah like you're saying at least we get to see so many different kinds of lives now on TV. Yeah. It's not just your token this or that. Exactly. Yeah. And as always, like, obviously there's room for improvement and we need more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's it's cool. Um, the, the reason I... One of the main reasons I say that too is because when I first came out, and now you all know that I came out late, so my daughter was already three years old at the time and so when I started dating one of the first things she said was like well but this I don't see this on the streets much I don't see two girls together on the streets much and I don't see it on tv um especially in kids programming Mm. and so yes three years old like of course there's not there's not a lot going on at on the TV at three years old in terms of family structures and and romantic relationships and stuff. But even you notice how heteronormative every single show is. Like if there's a family, it's always mom, dad, two kids. So I scoured like for one queer episode and there was one Doc McStuffins episode where Wanda Sykes has a 
she's one of the characters <laughs> and and has uh her partner is a woman and they're like the you know the lesbian couple on the block in Toyland <laughs> here and so I scoured everything and I'm like oh Isla come come watch this show <laughs> and and I'm like oh look do you notice do you notice there there's there's two women together but you know so contrived right like I had to scour mm-hmm. um and so I really feel like we need more of that. Um, you know, I almost forced slash, you know, oh, look, She-Ra, the new She-Ra has some queer characters too. So I started Isla on that one too, just just so that she can see some sort of representation out there. Yeah, I find kids to be like maybe the most understanding kind of people to understand that there's different types of people and families and the whole concept of queerness and I find like kids are super able to understand that and accept it, accept it. There's no child, I don't think, where you tell them what that means and they're like, ew, gross, you know, at a young age before anyone before has, any, yes. ha- has messed with their uh, values or anything. Yeah. And that's why like it's so important that TV yeah. doesn't mess with that. Exactly. Because then that's when they start to question, like, like Isla said, like she probably gets it Mm -hmm. and at the same time she's like but I don't see it anywhere so is it okay because I'm I'm checking against society around me yeah and I'm not seeing it right yeah so I think that would be really it would be really good to have some more of those maybe we should make something maybe let's make some cartoons um I know the opposition would say and especially right now with the tragic issues in the states um especially texas and florida Mm. like i know the opposition would say we are exposing kids to make them gay but we could counter that by and i've seen this everywhere too like we have been exposed to media trying to make us straight (laughs) and it didn't work (laughs) that's a really good point yeah yeah so um so yeah but it's like they don't even think of that they don't really understand that they're not able to look at it that way no because this is unnatural right 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 and in their eyes so (sighs) anyway yeah yeah so yeah the the biggest that's now that's now this is what's going on now this is what's going on now tell us what 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 are the differences in the themes like we talked about the normalization and not just having somebody token yeah it's very different <laughs> like i was a big tv person in my younger days well still now but in my younger days you know it was just cable tv and there was nothing until ellen um i'm not talking about ellen talk show i'm talking about her sitcom Mm-hmm. which she bravely tried to bring to the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, she did for for a time until she was canceled. Because of the gay content she was putting out, it seemed that the public wasn't ready to watch it. Or well, it was the networks the who network, didn't think the yeah. public was ready. And they, they didn't, didn't want yeah. her to do what she wanted to do. Yeah. Right. But like seeing that on TV was a big... Uh, was a big um help to me mm-hmm. because I didn't have anything else there were there were just like innuendos of gay interactions and stuff like on friends I'm sorry but Rachel and Monica were way too close all the time 
you know, Joey and Chandler way too close all the time. Like, I'm sorry, but I don't kiss my friends. I don't hold their hand. I, I just don't. And that's lovely if that's, you know, your friendship. But as a as a gay woman, I liked seeing seeing those things because there wasn't anything else. Um, so <laughs> you're looking. You're, I'm just like, like waiting crumbs. for the yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was just crumbs, so just waiting for anything to happen between like two characters. Um, yeah, so so many innuendos, or like, or even like, I guess they could be uh, unintended innuendos too. But yeah, that's that was what you had to look for back yes. then. And Xena was a big one. She was a big deal. Lucy Lawless in her gear. Mm-hmm. She was like this hot Amazonian woman. And she was just really close with Gabrielle. She, they were always confessing their love for each other and having each other's backs. They were like inseparable. They, they were awesome. But that wasn't until 1995. Like that's right. like, you know, still already quite far into it like I guess so Ellen stopped in 1998 she paved um, the way sort of she paved the way and then but yeah they would start like trying it trying little things yeah yeah and then Will and Grace came out Mm -hmm. in in 98 or 9 yeah 98 or something yeah but like Xena these kind of comic book characters Mm -hmm. I found there were uh there was more queer uh, representation in that even in little bits an interesting thing about sailor moon right mm, because right. isla's really into sailor moon or she was yeah she watched well, the whole isla series watched the entire series but on crave they have the original japanese series so i'm watching it with her and i'm like oh my god there are lesbian characters and they're and on the japanese version even the dubbed japanese version on crave it's they are a couple like Haruko Haruka and Michiru are a couple and in the new in the new version that comes up in the new movie they even have a kid together and everything like however the American version that came to us back in the 90s um that one they completely changed the storyline and made them cousins instead. And so anything that was even remotely, yeah, they they just smoothed it all over. Um, But I was asking my sister, I was a little old for Sailor Moon when it came out here, but um, I was asking my sister about it and my sister was like, yeah, well, even though they said that, I knew they were gay. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, it's like, you can't fool us. So why are we trying to hide it away? Yeah, that's that's a shame. Yeah. It's like they were holding on to this great secret. And it's nice that some of that's coming out now, you know, for, for the rest of us. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because like Catwoman was gay. I think all the Wonder Womans and the Supergirls and everyone, like any any comic book female who's, you know, really strong and whatever, they kind of in, at least insinuated that she was gay. But like I say, that's kind of was kind of like a hidden sort of thing. Yeah. So for me personally, there was there was uh, more in movies, but we'll do that another time. Mm-hmm. Like there was always films that you could get some action in it, but TV, not so much until, until for me, queer as folk, mm. which was mainly male characters, but they had the one token lesbian couple who <laughs> I just 
that were just so basic. <laughs> oh my god. And then, um, and then of course, L word and L word just completely blew my mind, and I was just like watching it constantly. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. I and I recently made you watch it too. Yeah, I got to. Watch you hadn't the whole seen thing. it. Well, see, I because all of these things came out in 1998. This is when I moved out of home. Thus, I had no TV for about. I I didn't own a TV for ten years, wow. so I like I missed out on well no probably over ten years I think we finally had a TV in two thousand and ten I but I went from a period of nineteen ninety nine to two thousand and ten without a TV pretty much whoa <laughs> and so I missed. I missed a lot of this. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of left left the TV world. And even though, like, even in high school, I was so busy. So I didn't get to watch a lot of TV. So I saw a, a little bit of Ellen with my mom. Um, I remember watching, like, my mom's reaction. She's just so, she's so accepting and open. I remember her being shocked, but, like, fine with it. She kept watching Ellen, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that that was my only like I didn't know about Queer as Folk because by that time I was TV-less and too busy. And uh, and then L Word, you know, by the time, you know, I started downloading things maybe in 2006 and stuff, but I was also in a straight relationship. And so it wasn't <laughs> like I was going to be like, can we sit down? I remember watching one episode and being like, yeah, he's not going to watch this with me. <laughs> and, you know, at that point, we're watching one episode at a, of a, at a time of things on our computer sitting on the floor. So it's, you know, you you had to really be be mindful of what you're watching on <laughs> Mm-hmm. what you're using that time for mm-hmm. so so yeah I didn't get to watch any of this stuff I was not exposed to anything except for porn and <laughs> that gives you a very skewed <laughs> gives you a very skewed uh media oh. representation of lesbian oh, you poor like, thing I know <laughs> isn't it sad yeah <laughs> so so yeah like uh, I'm I'm happy now to be yeah introduced to this world and also in this world while there is more representation. And and it's also cool to see how the L word has changed because you know when it was over it just felt like it was never coming back, you know, it was done, but it was hugely popular of course because that's all we had and it was so nice to see like lesbians actually doing it and like being successful in LA and I know that's really far-fetched now but at the time I was like oh great but now when I watch it I'm like oh this is like some lesbian utopia it's like (laughs) like who has all lesbian friends and they all are successful and you know it's just it was a little skewed it's a little skewed yes but really so great and now I'm so glad that they came out finally with uh, Generation Q of mm-hmm. the L word because now it's, you know, it's a bit more inclusive. There's, yeah, there's all different kinds of people in it and it's more realistic for nowadays. Yeah, yeah, definitely a little more realistic. I, that was my main thing when we first started, when you rewatched L word with me, I was like, if I had watched this in 2004, 
I wouldn't have believed that this world was anywhere close to my <laughs> my my planet. Yeah. <laughs> and it would give me a lot of maybe a lot of false hope there because yeah, everybody's hot yeah. and everybody's <laughs> like not, you know. So those parts of it kind of rub me the wrong way, but then I also put myself back if like in the years of in the early 2000s that's kind of what television was anyway and so altogether tv has become a little bit more realistic i can't mm-hmm. say all the way but at least more inclusive and more aware of lots of societal issues and and uh it's more realistic storytelling you know yeah definitely more the characters are more they're more well-rounded and everything yes. so i guess we really got to give props to the writers and definitely and everything yeah definitely yeah yeah so from the 1990s to now i guess the end of it all is that yes there's great improvements and there's always room for more yeah i think we've come a long way definitely yeah i'm really happy with what i see on tv now Mm -hmm. you know yeah way happier it makes you feel like you're part of this world totally And that's kind of the takeaway is like, we got to keep on this route to more realistic and representative television for the young folk and not only the young queer folk who are, you know, trying to come out, come out, finding community, but everybody really just so that we become part of society and not, you know, just this extra subplot of society yeah Yeah. this weird like subcategory or something yeah yeah it's so near to my heart just because you know as a parent the last thing I want is my lifestyle and this is uh, this is all kinds of conditioned thinking here but my lifestyle to make my kids life more difficult right or yeah. more challenging and I think she's up for the challenge and I think she's she's the the one who can handle it too oh, for sure but you know it, it broke my heart when she came up to me and said but I don't see this on tv and I don't see this on the streets yeah um and so you know and this is this is something that extends into any marginalized group too so yeah let's go writers and let's keep let's keep putting out diverse and inclusive media let's do it let's do it and now let's go watch rupaul oh yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> we we just a side story we recently thought we were watching the new <laughs> all stars <laughs> and we're like Oh wow! Oh, these all of these people coming back. Okay, cool. Realize we're watching season one of All Stars <laughs> ten years ago. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> whoops. But yeah, we got to finish that one, <laughs> and then see the new one. And then we'll see the new one. Yeah. All right, everyone. All right, my loves. Thanks for listening. And if you have some uh, some good stories about TV or some good shows you watched, yeah, uh, give us some recommendations if yeah. we haven't mentioned your faves. Let us know, peeps. Yeah. Alrighty. Alrighty. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Please rate and follow. It really helps. 
Find us on Instagram at QueerlyCDN. We drop some pics. See you next time, homo sapiens.